today on The Breakdown. It's a World Series of Poker final table hand that just blew us away. Kristen Bicknell, one of the best players in the world, six players left in the $2,500 buy-in six max event, event 44 for the online World Series of Poker. And she is involved in a hand that absolutely knocked our socks off. We are excited to talk about it. We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. That was a no-nonsense open. What happened to you? I, you know, I, like, I don't you want to throw in some sort of weird joke that is an inside joke between you and yourself or something? Like, <laughs> I mean, I do want to do wrong. that. But I just felt like this is a hand that deserves, deserves the weight. It's the gravitas of, you know... Some serious shit went down, and everyone needs to know it, you know? I don't know. I feel like we've done hands with more gravitas, no, no. more serious shit. You're, you're saying that because we did the commentary on this final table. That's why you're saying that. It feels more important to you because you were one of the commentators on the hand. It feels like you needed to make sure everyone knew that, and that's why you said that, because there's no reason to say that otherwise. That was really... Of course we were going to say that. That's really... Of course we were going to say that. <laughs> you're really did you think we were going to do a hand that we did the commentary on, a World Series of Poker final table, and not mention that we were the commentators? It didn't occur to me we were going to mention that, I got to tell you. <laughs> Now, maybe we would have come up naturally, but it sure did not come up naturally, did it? So when you got like a, when you got like a B plus in home economics, did you go around the recess and make sure every kid knew it? Oh, how was you your think, banana you bread? Because my banana bread was a, great. You think I got a B plus in home economics? You've tasted my snickerdoodle cookies. <laughs> they, you know. They are quite good. The, it is not a B plus cookie. No, you're that right. is an A plus that was, cookie. The snickerdoodles are amazing, but were you really that good at all home ec? situations i mean okay to be fair non-sweet breads yeah i was just like the second best in the class of 40 but everything else i was number one in fairness non-sweet breads are really challenging i think they are especially especially with my background in sweet bread (laughs) focus (laughs) sweet bread focus hey that's a yeah yeah that's a a known discipline of baking a known sub-discipline of baking sweet bread focus you know what really you know what pisses me off (laughs) When when people when people say, "Hey, you're sweetbread focus, right? You must be a big Rachel Ray fan." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> Rachel Ray couldn't throw a sweetbread as far as she could." Yeah, uh, throw a baseball, throw a brick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know shit. Rachel She's Ray, just a TV personality. I don't want to go off on a rant here, Grant, but Rachel okay. Ray <laughs> is. Everyone thinks she's the goddess of sweetbreads, but you know what? She's more like a sub deity of sweetbreads at best. Yeah. How she's dare very they? good. She's very. She's good, incredibly though. good. She's wildly okay. talented for sure. But but is she, is she the best? But for those in the know, do <laughs> you know it's like I know he doesn't get the credit. Yeah. But Gerard Meringue from France is actually like he's he doesn't have a TV show, but he's the best. <laughs> and everybody knows it. Gerard Meringue, huh? That's yeah. a very a French sounding name, and b oddly like you know the word meringue, which is of course. A bit of a desserty food, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That is. <laughs> Gerard so Murray. You know who's really good at making hot dogs? Gerard Murray. Jimmy Frankfurter. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, I'm not in the hot dog world. And I don't claim to know everything mm. about it, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like I have some skills just kind of they transfer between different cooking elements. Mm. But obviously, a sweetbread focus doesn't make me a hot dog expert by any means. No, no. Uh, I mean, no one would think that's that. That's a little bit more your category. But, I mean, not your focus, but as... <laughs> 
as a as a fried chicken expert, you're you're closer yeah. to the hot dog than than I am. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fried chicken expert. In fairness, I just have a fried chicken focus. It's a little different, right. you know? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, of course, I mean, not to continue this bit well past its expiration date, but uh, one of the reasons why hot dogs are so challenging for you quite obviously, is that the bun is not sweet. You know, the bun is not traditionally yeah. sweet. So you will either... You'll either kind of... I can't get around it. Right. I'm trying to put, like, cinnamon on it I, and shit. Exactly. And it's just not working. You're, like, putting a hat on a hat on a hat, or you're, um, or you're just going traditional, and you can't pull it off, at least to the standards that everyone expects you to pull it off. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if this was the Rachel Ray show, I mean, sure, anyone could eat those hot dogs. It would be a very good hot dog. It would be a gourmet-level hot dog for sure, a fine-dining-level hot dog, but it wouldn't be the Grant Denison level. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be world GPI ranked, you know? Exactly. So. This is the sixth best hot dog in the world. <laughs> 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 this hot dog has won All right. multiple tournaments and cashed in many, many more. Well, um, for long-time <laughs> listeners... I would like to know if that was the strangest bit we've ever done. It's probably up there, but I mean, we've done a lot of listeners, a lot of strange new bits. listeners. I promise this is a poker show. I promise this is a poker show. You know, there's gotta be some new people who are like, huh, I really like the world series of poker commentary. I got to check out some of their other stuff. I want to listen to their podcast. And this is the first one, man. What a, what a rough way to come into it. Sorry. If you're Welcome. still here, sorry. If you're still here, that means you're probably going to yeah. be a fan. Yeah. You, it means means. Yeah, you like, if you like that, you're going to be fine. For sure. Can we actually do the poker stuff too? But that yeah. was that was a solid bit. That was definitely it was decent. that was good stuff. All right, let's get into it, huh? Sure. What Talk the about hell? this uh, World Series of Poker online for for those who have been living under a poker related rock. Ouch. The World Series of Poker is happening this year, but it's all happening online. This happened. I guess this is going to be coming out about a week and a day after the actual event occurred. Um, and featuring Kristen Bicknell, who is one of the, the best players in the world. This hand was suggested on Twitter. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter, the number two Poker Guys by Pat Wright and Jay Recker. We appreciate the suggestion. You can suggest online hands now. You know, that's a thing you can do. This is an online hand. You can suggest online hands. And yep. we will do it if it's good. Yep. You know, we've done it before. Have we? We did a uh, super high roller hand. Yeah. We did a super high roller hand with uh, Isildur and some other guy that we didn't know who he was. That, but it was That we made a video out of? Well, I never mentioned anything about a video. This is just a podcast, isn't it? Well, we've done. Well, then of course we've done online hands for a podcast. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, like it's all the same. Like it's only in the video world would it matter if it's online or not, right? Yeah, I'm just saying it's like a new. Okay. If if you aren't thinking about suggesting online hands, you can. You know, that's something you can do. All right. You that's know what? I support your message of inclusivity. Thank you. You're welcome. That's, that felt so forced. Like you like had a lawyer. You're like a lawyer behind you. Like you have to say something along these lines or you were getting fucking sued. Yeah. Like so hard. Like, Yeah. I love it actually when you see the um, both uh, the apologies in this, of this nature where they often are apologies by like an actor or usually even more so an athlete who we see the athlete talking all the time in interviews. And Sometimes the athletes are very sophisticated, but there are many athletes who don't necessarily have like very sophisticated vocabulary or anything like that, and that's fine. But then their written apologies that get put out use language that I don't understand. I went to Harvard. I don't understand the damn language. You know, it's like clearly written by their PR person or their lawyer or whatever it is. You know, and it's so like it's almost like shoving it in your face that like the athlete clearly doesn't think this and clearly had nothing to do with this. You know, I always think that's weird. 
Speaking of shoving it in your face, nice H-bomb there, I, Levy. First time in five and a half years, in fairness. Five and a half years. I don't years. think that's true. I you think I've dropped it, the true. H-bomb another time on this show? I don't think I, I think so. I don't think I have. I never drop it. You know that. You're around me a lot. I never drop it. You just have a hat that says it. No big deal. I do not have a hat that says it. I have it's, a, it's a beanie. It says H. It's, Everybody knows what it means. There's an H, and actually, many people don't know what it means. Almost no one knows that H. You're just such an the elitist. Only people who are You're such an elitist. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we should, All we've right. already done one bit. Let's, All let's move right, along. Fine. Uh, we'll save another bit for later. Maybe if we have the energy and the stick to as they like to say. Well said. In really well basketball. said. Yeah. Can we, let's things. get to the hand right. though. <laughs> okay. So we have six remaining. It is a six max, but for the final table, they combined at nine. Um, so, but we're down to six. So we're back to six max. It's a good thing you mentioned that <laughs> really helpful. Was was it useful? Was well, it useful here's the thing. for you to thousands of people are gonna, thousands of people are going to listen to this podcast, and that's ten seconds of life. When we multiply that times the thousands of people are going to watch it, that's something like thirty thousand. No, way more than that. Sorry, forty, fifty, sixty thousand seconds, and then just in the next few months that are going to be wasted because you said that. So that's pretty powerful. Are you really saying? Are you really saying that after that whole food <laughs> thing that we did? That wasn't a are waste. <laughs> That was a beautiful <laughs> piece of entertainment. Like, how many? Anyway. What percentage of the audience do you think when you said it's it's a six max, but actually they started it's nine hit at the final table. Oh, but there's only six left. What percentage of the audience do you think either rolled their eyes or mentally rolled their eyes? I'm going to say it's higher than twenty. I think you often <laughs> accuse me of holding you to a higher standard. Yeah, I do. And I think maybe you should look in the mirror for a second. The mirror. And think about the standard you're holding Grant Dennison to. Okay. I'm just trying to talk here. I'm trying to give the action. You've tried before. Just, you know how hard it is. Just take the fucking loss, dude. Just take the L. I really don't like it when you say things like that. <laughs> just, That's hurtful. Just take it. Just say, gonna, just say I screwed up and I'll do better next time. And we'll all move on I with our lives. I didn't screw up. But then why are you I saying it's up. why are you saying it's so hard to be Grant and the standards are too high? Wow, I can't believe we're still talking about this and not talking about the hand. This is crazy. You're causing. You're causing pain to many Americans right now. <laughs> Americans? It's, Why not the rest yeah, of the world? Europeans, what about the rest of the world? Europeans, South Americans, people from the Asian continent, yeah, you people know, from Russia. Americans. They, they, <laughs> all those people are not hurt by this, oh. but Americans are hurt by this. And why, is why is that? Wow. It sounds because, like you're saying Americans are really stupid because you're comparing them to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move along. Okay. Uh, yes. yes, we did it, guys. We finally won one of these. Feels good. I All don't right. know if victory. Wait, I'm claiming okay. I'm, I'm mission accomplished. I'm, I'm calling that one for Jonathan Levy. All right, let's get to the hand. Yeah, mission accomplished. That's got a great history in America. That's why I did it. That's a, it's an inside. It's a joke. Let's go. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Well, it's 12 minutes in almost. We're going to get to the hand. It's a pandemic. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, whatever. All right. Six remain. Okay. The uh, Kristen McNell is the only big name player left. Yeah. And there is 75K for the next payout. Six places. It is a $2,500 buy-in. So pretty big come up. Get 75K. But first is 356K. Uh, it's The final table so far has been mostly dominated by one player who's not going to be involved. And there's lots of short stacks kind of vying to ladder up. Mm -hmm. is the situation here. Yeah. And two of those short stacks are going to be involved in this hand when it folds around to Jerome Fink in the small blind at the 100K big blind. He's got 1.35 million, so just 13 and a half blinds. He's going to limp 
with queen six of clubs. Do you think this is already something to, to question? Should yeah. this be a, a razor fold? Like, I guess you could like three X and fold to a shove. Cause Kristen is also short, by the way, she's in the big blind with 1.65 million. I th- or you could shove yourself or you could just fold. I'm pretty sure this is just a straightforward shove. I'm going to look it up on snap on snap shove right now, actually. But I, I mean, GTO wise, anyway, this is like definitely a shove 13 blinds, small blind to big. Well, perhaps not with the ICM involved. Well, Maybe that well, is... But Jerome's one of the short stacks. Are there people with significantly shorter stacks than Jerome? I know there's another short stack, but... You know, I might be able to call it up for you. Okay. Um, okay, so Jerome, the, Jerome is the short stack, but Kristen started with 1.6 million. There's a player with 24 blinds. There's a player with 17 blinds also. Mm. So there's four, there's four clear short stacks and two clear big stacks at this point. Okay. Just to give you guys a sense of it, and like I just did this on, on Snapshot. Snapshot says... So, and this is without the ICM considerations, admittedly. From the small blind for 13 blinds, you can shove 60% of hands. If you're wondering what queens, all suited queens and queen six off and better. All suited jacks, except uh, jack three suited plus, 10 four suited plus, nine five suited plus, eight four suited plus. I mean, like, queen six is pretty high up in your range, even comparatively to the stuff. Like, so I think mathematically, this is a pretty easy shove, even with all that stuff in there, because this is high enough up. That we can just shove this. I mean, from a chip from a chip EV perspective, it's absolutely a shove. It's possible this ICM is such an extreme spot that maybe it's not a clear shove. But, ICM, but can't we take advantage of the ICM also? Kristen is also a short stack. If she calls and loses, she's going to have three blinds and almost certainly be the next one out most of the time. Anyway, she's going to call a little bit tighter. You know, she's not going to make the the really the marginal call. I would guess. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's close. Honestly, in my opinion, but I also think a limp is probably my my least favorite option. Yeah, and I think it's close between a fold or a shove because uh-huh. okay, the fear being that Bicknell's going to put pressure on because of the same ICM pressure that she's probably the least afraid of of everybody at the table. Yeah, I I completely agree with that, and I actually think even if we say fold, shove, or three X, and then fig- and three X and fold to a shove or whatever, we're obviously not going to call a shove. I still think fold uh, call is the worst of the four options. Even you know, like I think the three X yeah. raise is probably the third worst thing here. It feels like a fold is a little bit too nitty with a hand as good as Queen Six suited though in the small blind. I feel like we just have to shove this hand, man. It, that that feels right to me, but. Either way, Jerome Fink is going to go ahead and limp. Okay. And uh, Bicknell in the big blind, not many more chips than, than Fink. He, she's got uh, 1.65 million, so 16 and a half bigs. Mm-hmm. She's got 510 offsuit, and she's going to exert some of that ICM pressure. Interestingly enough, she doesn't shove. She makes it 270K. So what do you think this is all about? Oh, man. I mean, I think she's believing that. Jerome either has a monster or just doesn't have a very good hand because Jerome's she would expect Jerome to shove all her all Jerome's reasonable hands here, right? Like a hand like Queen Six suited, even I think she would just expect him to shove. Like any ace, probably almost any king, uh, would just be shoves here. Um, so the only things Jerome has really in her mind, I'm just assuming here, is a hand like aces, kings, like really strong hands, maybe ace king. Um, Jack, stuff like that, or just mostly trash that's getting such a good price it doesn't want to throw the hand away for half a blind. And that uh, a race to 270 is enough to fold out almost all that crappy stuff. That's what I think she's yeah. thinking. What do you think? Yeah, that seems about right. Makes sense uh, to me. I agree with that. So what do you do with Jerome now? Yeah. I mean, you're getting an incredible price, but you're out of position against the best player at the table with a hand that does not often flop well. Like You only feel comfortable if you flop top pair or two clubs, really. Or three clubs, of course. Yeah. 
That's true. Um, well, we are getting an incredible price, though. I mean, how much is in the... What's the ante? Because there's definitely... It's, antis are like another 10K each, I think. So, it's, so there's like 260, 300... There's 430 in there, and it's 170 to win 430. So that is kind of attractive. Of course, we have to weigh that with the fact that we only start the hand with 13 blinds, and like this is a chunk of our stack that we could use for fold equity later or just buy us a little right, bit this of time. All, this all adds up. I mean, if we call, lose this pot, we are definitely going to be in like shoving mode, yeah. which we already kind of are, we are when we're not small to big. But we reduce our fold equity significantly, reduce the orbits that we have to find a spot that we like in it all kind of clamps down on us a little bit faster, you know? Yeah. I think a call is not great. It feels a little weird to fold the hand this good for 1.7 more blinds, though. I have to say getting the price we're getting close in the action, even out of position, even against this player, a player this good. Um, Pierre Calamusa would certainly uh, limpery raise all in here with this hand. He loves doing that with hands that like this, these like sort of crappy suited Broadway hands. He Really? This is what he does. Yeah, he like... In the inside of the mind of the pro, he did it multiple times and talked about how it's like a perfect hand to do it with. He didn't explain why. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I would love to know. I yeah. would love to know why. Like you're not you're blocking like some good queens, but other than that, you're not really blocking anything that you want to block. My best guess is that um, a hand like a hand with an ace in it in that spot is a little too good to ever turn into a bluff, and so you need other things to turn into a bluff. So this so Broadway has a little bit of blocker value plus you're suited, so you get the extra three percent if you're called. This is just maybe he just had to find some bluffs, and this is the way he decided to find them. You know, is is to use these kinds of hands for for his limpery raises. Anyway, I think we could consider shoving here, but I don't love it because I would think I'd be worried that Big Nell has a lot of calls when she makes a two seventy. You know, yeah. So I think we should either. I think we shoving seems bad, so I think it's fold or a call. I guess I would just probably be tight and fold because I don't want to play out of position to a player this good when I'm this short. And the, st- and the ICM stuff is all happening, and there's other short stacks in play. It just seems like I should have shoved. Since I didn't shove, I just have to give up. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, this is just not a hand that you're going to connect with a flop enough to feel comfortable continuing. You can't do any sort of, like, two-back-door move when you are this short, right? You can't be like, okay, I'm going to float because I flopped one club and a backdoor straight draw. You can't do that. So, like, right. it removes a lot of the value of playing post-flop when you can't do stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This just seems this just seems like a hand it's gonna be hard to play. Like we could flop a queen, we could flop two clubs, but like you're saying, failing that, we're just gonna be in and also by the way, we can flop a like what if the if the board comes ace, king, queen, we, what are we gonna do? Like if the board comes if, Yeah, if, we're gonna are we gonna check call? Are we really gonna call that board I mean, and like just lose another two hundred and fifty K or whatever prop, she's gonna bet? But but it seems crazy to fold, but it seems crazy yeah, to I know. It's so like the, it's hard to have a good plan here. Um if we flop just a, if queen is top pair, fine. That's obviously good. If the six is top, if you flop top pair, great. Um, but besides that, it's hard to have a great plan. I guess you could flop like eight six four or eight six three and decide to you know check raise all in if you call right. But that's that's like what we're down to. It's just a tough spot that I don't want to be in. So I, I think I just I'd roll my eyes and fold and, and sort of curse myself for not just shoving pre. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. But Jerome does not. Jerome makes the call. Right. Just uh, sees the price. I mean, it is dollar signs in his eyes. The price is Can't amazing. Help. It is really amazing. Yeah. And and Jerome is still going to have a reasonable stack to, with fold equity. And that is important, right? He's still going to have over 10 it blinds. Is. So that's pretty good. 
All right, so we're heading to a flop okay. with uh, Bicknell in the big blind with 510 off and Jerome in the small blind with Queen Six of Clubs having limp called. 612K in the pot. So obviously, stack to pot ratio is already a problem for both of these players. Yeah. The flop is Jack of Spades, Six of Diamonds, Four of Diamonds. So pretty damn good flop for the Queen Six of Clubs. You'd like to have one club out there. Maybe that would help, but sure. still, you get a dry flop with a six on it. That's pretty good. Um, not much going on for Kristen Bicknell in her 10-5 offsuit. Back to a straight draw, I suppose. But that's not too exciting. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not good at all. <laughs> all right. Jerome's going to check. Seems like the only option, right? Um, I don't know if it's actually the only option, but it's a perfectly fine option. I think Jerome could actually, and this is something that uh, Alex Fitzgerald really pushes the idea of, in this kind of a spot, you can uh, just ship. You know, just like ship any pair and... Mathematically, you're like you actually make money over time doing that. But it seems like why do that <laughs> when I mean with the ICM though? Do you think you're making money over time? Uh, that's a fair question. The ICM makes because when you get when you get called, you're definitely beat, right? Well, and the thing is this: don't we think Kristen's going to see at this pot like a huge amount of the time? Don't we just think that? Yeah. Why wouldn't we let her do that? Like, right. I don't think we would ever like. I don't think there's an amount she could make it that we can fold right now. If she just moves us in, I think we probably just have to call since we flopped a pair. But like, we it seems crazy not to let her put more chips in the pot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Jerome checks. Yeah. Feels like a mandatory C bet from Kristen, right? Exactly. I mean, like she's engineered the spot just to like she's basically like maybe this is what she wanted is is to I mean obviously she'd be happy with pre flop getting fold, but she's probably not so unhappy getting called and getting a relatively innocuous board range neutral where she gets to win with a C bet a lot of the time. Yeah. So it feels like a pretty clear C bet, right? Yeah, it does. She goes small, makes lots of sense. She bets 146 K. It's probably going to be a relatively binary decision from Jerome, whether or not to continue with a fold with a call or a raise. So she doesn't really need to bet much more than this. Agreed. If she, if she wants any different. So 146, she bets, all right, so there's 612K in the pot plus the 146. Jerome has about 1.1 million remaining, a little bit less. How should he continue? I mean, first of all, I would think that Kristen would assume the binary decision is just between fold and raise. Like she wouldn't expect to almost ever get called by Jerome here. And I think that's, I think Jerome absolutely should raise right now. Like we have to deny equity now that we're here. We're not folding, right? We can't fold this hand. Yeah, we're short enough that this pot matters. Like you were saying already, the stack to pot is significant. There's 750,000 in the pot. We started the hand with 1.3 million. I mean, it's a really big deal for us. I think we, I think we should just check shove, but we could check enough. We check commit, whatever that is, you know, check and then bet enough, raise enough that it we're committed to the pot. So it's effectively a shove, you know, and I, that's, that's it. I mean, I think we should look to get all our chips in and hope she folds. And if she doesn't hope we get there or hope we're ahead, you know, we can be ahead sometimes and get called not too often, but sometimes. I don't know. She might not call with diamonds for a shove. It, I mean, depending on King queen of diamonds is going to call. Yeah. But if she doesn't have two overs to the Jack, she has, the, if she, she might not be getting, she has a seven of diamonds. She's going to call. Probably. She can't bet. But fold that not, hand. She just can't. It's not ideal. I mean, but she can't bet. Fold price, that hand. It's too good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She could be up against other diamonds, she, you know, but she's crushing. She just can't fold it. Well, Jerome is going to go ahead and call here instead of raise. Yeah. And I understand all your points, but I think, I think the ICM consideration is weighing on Jerome largely. And, you know, maybe there is some, some truth to, 
to his thought process here okay. that like it's not actually valuable enough to win the pot when she folds versus all the times that she calls and I lose and I'm out with these major ICM considerations, assuming that there's still these other three short stacks in the tournament that could easily bust on any hand. Look, that's fine if Jerome wants to think that way, but then why the hell did we call the preflop race? Like what? Because we put ourselves in a spot where we're often going to be in this exact spot, right? We're going to flop a pair, but not a good enough, but not top pair, right? We're going to flop a hand that's pretty good, but almost never great. You know, sometimes we're just going to miss too, but like. That doesn't mean he has to shove, though. I mean, like, so to answer your question, why the hell we put ourselves in this spot, it's to call and see what happens, I guess, is the answer that Jerome would give. (sighs) It seems terrible to me. I mean, we're just going to be, we're going to have like 10 blinds um, and. We're just like calling just makes it, I mean, it makes it easy for her to get there. Obviously we're giving her chances to get there, chances to bluff us. Like we can just get bluffed on so many cards on the turn. So many cards. Well, any ace, king, 10, diamond, maybe other things, nines, eights. If she just bets again, we're almost always folding, right? I mean, unless we had a six or queen. Seems problematic. Let's talk about that, the turn, uh, because it's going to be fascinating. But let's talk about it after we talk about something else fascinating, Jonathan. It's a phenomenon. Space? Known as... Space? Yes. It's known as space. It's known as space. <laughs> There's a lot of space in space, and that's the thing that no one thinks about. It's kind of ironic that it's named space, and yet there is space in space. Think about that, Grant, and now comment on it. <laughs> back to being upset. He pulled the microphone away from his face. He's looking at me with murder in his eyes. <laughs> He's nodding now, and he's just waiting for me to finish. Um, oh, this is the oh, you do the damn ad look. That's what this is. But I'm probably just going to keep talking about space, Grant. You're going to have to fulfill the contractual obligations of the poker guys. Sorry. Oh God, he's getting a drink. He's now drinking water and staring daggers at me, people. But let's talk about space a little bit more. There's so much space in between the stars. You can't just go from one star to the other. You think that'd be easy because they look so close when you look up at the sky? Look like they're like feet away from each other, right? They're not. Spoiler alert, they're not. They're really far away. It would take a while to get there. All right, I'm done. (laughs) Very, very done. Wow, this is some serious chicken. Grant is just drinking and looking at me and refuses to do the ad. <laughs> Did I really ruin it that much for you, Grant? Did I ruin the ad that badly? That I just I said space a few times? Yep, he's still drinking. All right, fine, I'll do the damn ad. I don't care. I, I mean, what am I going to do? Let the show just go on quietly forever? <laughs> he's won this game of chicken, people. Here's the deal, Nitrogen Sports Poker. They have Bitcoin. It's a Bitcoin-only poker site. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we may not make it through the end anyway. <laughs> They've got the monthly tournament at the end of every month. It's amazing. There's an incredible, it's not a free roll, but there's an incredible overlay. A thousand buy-ins cost less than a dollar to play. Actually, a little more than a dollar now with the price of Bitcoin. Costs like a dollar ten to play, though. And uh, there's a thousand buy-ins guarantee. We always get like 200 players, give or take. They cap it at 300. It's a lot of free money. There's sports betting. And with the NBA back, hey, that's pretty sweet. There's casino games. There's, of course, poker. Everyone loves that. It's Nitrogen Sports Poker. Use the link in the description of this podcast. That's right. I said podcast (laughs) to sign up. Otherwise, you cannot be eligible to play in our fabulous Poker Guys tournament and other cool things that sort of happen once in a while, like extra cool promotions that you just get free stuff. 
So that's the deal. Nitrogen sports. Money's too tight to mention in space. All right. You finally got there. You did the ad. I used the, uh, the let him tire himself out method, like like you would with a toddler. It, was, sort of. <laughs> it wasn't really tiring myself out. It just was, I didn't know what else we were going to do. Like, you clearly were just not going to do the ad. And I didn't want to, like, I believe there was a point, a breaking point where you would have done it. But it would have taken a solid minute of silence. And I don't want to force the listeners to have to deal with that. So I care about the listeners and their experience enough that I, I won't do that. That's all. I guess we're not in the no spin zone right now, huh? Because that was a, quite a spin. I mean, where were you when, when I stopped talking? You were nowhere. You were drinking and, and not paying attention and not caring. Because, because Jonathan, yeah. you <laughs> refuse to acknowledge the sanctity of the ad. Yeah. You don't let the ad flow naturally. Instead, you have to do your little poppins. Oh, little cute Johnny poppin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you know why? Because I care about the listener experience. The poppin is, in, is entertaining. People like the poppin. People want the poppin. Are you doing a Seinfeld yeah, bit now? I totally was. <laughs> That's exactly right. Good job. I'm totally doing a Seinfeld thing. It's the opposite, yeah. actually, of what they would say about the poppin of the Seinfeld, of course. But right. But yeah. But yeah, I'm really glad you picked that. You picked up by that. Actually, I'm super happy about that. Congratulations. Hey, let's talk about the hand. Okay. Finally. Yeah. Again. There's a lot more to say. So, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even really gotten to the good stuff yet. Not at even all. close. So. Flop was Jack of Spades, four of diamonds, six of diamonds. Bicknell, who was the preflop aggressor out of the big blind, bet with five ten off, no diamonds, just a garbage hand. Jerome Fink, who flopped a six and has a very short stack, has started the hand with 1.35 million at 100K big blind. Check called the flop. Jonathan hated it. Yeah. Pots 905,000 now. And Jerome has, you know, a little bit more than a pot size bet remaining. The turn is one of those cards that is going to make it hard for Jerome to do anything about. It's the ace of diamonds. Yeah. Now, what happens is very interesting, and I don't understand it. Maybe we'll get to it. But Jerome checks. There's not much you can do here. Like, obviously, you're like, well, shit. That's just one of maybe the worst card in the deck yeah. for my hand right now yeah, I think in, so. in this situation. Bicknell checks back. Jonathan, reorganize my brain and let me learn how this makes sense from a good player because... This feels like the wrong play from Kristen Bicknell to me right now. It feels like such a clear and obvious bet. I mean, it's hard to argue. We have to believe if we're in Bicknell's shoes that Jerome Fink doesn't have any aces, he would have raised preflop, moved in with the ace almost certainly. Most of the time. He doesn't yeah, have either, either initial move in or the three bet shot. Right. There's no way he's going to call and be out of position and all that stuff with any ace. I can't, I can't imagine it. Um, we also have to believe that he almost never has diamonds almost ever, right. that he's going to check-raise those diamonds, you know, get that sweet, sweet fold equity along with the, you know, the diamond equity um, rather than just call out of position against us. So this seems, at, on the face of it, like a perfect card to bet, and you're just almost always going to win. Like, even if he has a jack, can he really call? I mean, I guess he can, but it's, it's a lot of pressure based on the ICM stuff when this death card comes to call with even a jack here. Like, if he has somehow has jack nine or something like that. Jack eight suited. I guess he could call, but man, I would want to fold if I were him personally. Like, because what am I going to do? I'm just going to call it off at a kind of a spot where yeah. I'm, she, she's got to be crushed range wise. I mean, I mean, really yeah, we often, we often talk about range advantage on the show, and this might be one of the most stark examples of range advantage. Kristen has such an extreme range advantage. Like, what is the best hand Jerome has? I mean, it's like Jack 10. 
with the 10 of diamonds, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have a jack six suited or a jack four suited once in a while in a flop two but pair. But he didn't raise... He didn't raise the flop. You'd expect yeah. that to happen quite a bit. I agree. But maybe but maybe because they're short enough, he wanted to give her... He could be slow playing that once in a while, but I agree with you. It feels like he doesn't have a very strong range here, but he's got her beat for sure because he check-called the flop. So it feels like right. a natural time to bet. It's really, really surprising that she checks here. Uh, when she checks, it feels like she's repping a jack pretty clearly herself. Like she's saying she has king jack. I, but why? I, I just, don't know. Like, I don't understand why we don't just take the pot when it's there for the taking. Like to give to to give how strong this range advantage is. We're just debating over whether Jerome even can have two pair. Yeah, Christian Christian's range includes the nut flush, many combos of it, all of the other flushes that exist. Sets aces up, sets of aces, sets of fours, sets of sixes, sets of jacks. All of these hands are in her range and are nowhere near. Jerome isn't sniffing those hands with his range. So it is shocking to me that when they are at this stack depth and this pot is so hugely important that she doesn't take a jab. I mean, she doesn't have to go all in. She could bet 350K. Here's the other thing. If she, let's say she had King Jack for a second without a diamond in her hand. She might really bet this turn because Jerome can't have an ace and almost never has a flush. But she could, yeah. So she might want to protect against the diamond coming rather than give him a free card to the diamond. I think if she had King Jack, she'd probably bet because right, it's not a, really like six, a scare seven, card for her. You could have like six, seven with a seven of diamonds or something you'd want to protect against that. Right. You're like, okay, I'm probably gonna get, not going to get more value unless he has a jack and holds on sometimes. But that's okay because I don't want to give up this pot right now because it's a really important pot to me too as Bicknell, right? Like she's also short. She starts the hand with 16 blinds. So this pot matters. I'm really... So, so I don't even know what she's repping anymore. I guess she could repping a bad jack, something like two tens, something like that. I mean, that. forget about forget about repping for a yeah. second. Like... Let's let's ask what the reason for the check is because yeah. it's not to represent something. No. Is it to give up? It feels like she's giving like up, she, but this, but it can't be right because she knows she's got a massive range advantage here. She knows that. Yeah, absolutely, of course. So why would she give up right now? What reason would be there there to be give up? I, even though I agree with you, and by the way, it's set up that Jerome can just shove the river if he wants, and she can't do anything about it with her hand, right? Like it isn't like they're deep With enough that, hand, that he no. could that he could bluff and she could raise him off it if she wanted to or something like that. They're, like he can just shove the river really easily and comfortably if he wants. So it's a very surprising check. Yeah, I. Is there anything else that we can come up with? Like we have, when we, when we're dealing with such an elite player, yeah. it's it's worth trying to figure out something that we truly don't understand and think is bad. Absolutely. You know? I th- I mean the only thing I can come up with, and I don't think this is a good enough explanation is it's the old, I'm trying to play the opposite of what you would think right now. So, like, of course, I would always bet this card whether I have it or not. So I'm checking because then I have to have something pretty good to check, you know, because I would always bluff. I, would, I don't have any bluffs now because I... That's actually true. She should have no bluff. She should have, she'd have no air when she checks this card, right? You'd assume she's spending all her bad hands when this Ace of Diamonds comes, 100% of her bad yeah. hands. She always should have at least one pair and a pretty good pair at this point, Right? So it's really weird that I she guess. does it. So it's almost like she's reversing the thought process. She's like, well, he can't, like, I would always, like, he, he knows I have a showdownable hand. Or he, or he would think that. She doesn't, of course. But that's all I can come up with. Yeah, I mean, that's a good attempt. But why would you want to represent a showdownable hand when you could rep the nuts or a set very easily and your opponent can't have those things except for maybe one out of a thousand times? I mean, you know, like, who cares even the nuts? How about just top pairs all you have to rep? Like, yeah. that's fine. That's more than enough in this, in this spot. 
you have you can have it he can't it seems like I don't know I, 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 that's the best I can do and I don't think it's good enough I'm sure she has a reason I cannot come up with what it is no me neither I'd love to know what it is yeah I don't think we're going to figure that one out no I do not she, I hope she tells she us she does check back she checks back I don't love it you don't love it no it's just what happens so still 905k in the pot uh, once again, the board reads Jack of Spades, four of diamonds, six of diamonds, ace of diamonds on the turn. Bicknell with 10-5 off, no diamonds. Jerome with queen, six of clubs, four flopped middle pair. Terrible turn card for him. The river is the 10 of diamonds. So it is a fourth diamond. And Bicknell actually has the best hand now. Yeah. She, she rivers him with a 10 of diamonds. And uh, it's on Jerome. This doesn't feel like a good run out. How do you want to proceed? Okay. I think... I think this is actually a reasonable card to bluff for Jerome because I would assume when Christian checks back the turn that we are losing with our six almost always. Like, it seems hard to imagine we're not losing with our six. But yeah. four diamonds is, a, is something we could... We can have a diamond in our hand and even a reasonable diamond in our hand, right? We could actually... It's unlikely, but I guess we could have some king of diamonds. We certainly can have the queen of diamonds in our hand. Uh, we can have the queen, ten of diamonds well, in our hand. How do we have the queen of diamonds in our hand? Just curious. Uh, we would have had to have, it's a fair question. We would have had to have, now we're not limping Queen Jack, right? We're not going to limp call Queen Jack. Maybe we can't have the Queen of Diamonds in our hand. Damn it. I think the 10 of Diamonds is the best we have. Maybe we, maybe we can limp call Jack 10. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we can limp call 10, no, but we wouldn't do 10 six off suit. So you're right. Jack 10 off we can have, so we can have the 10 of Diamonds. Jeez. I mean, I guess we can have the Jack of Diamonds in our hand, actually. That's what we can have. So we can have like Jack 10 and have the Jack of Diamonds. So that's even a little better. That's the yeah. best. That's the best it gets for us. You're right. Right. You're right. Jack tends the best hand though. So do we want to rep that and try to get Kristen to fold what? To fold what is what almost certainly feels like a one pair hand that's beating the six when she checks back the turn, the ace of diamonds turn, which is such a good hand to bluff, such a good card. So to bluff. like Trying two eights or something like two that. Two eights, two two tens, two nines, maybe a bad jack, jack nine suited, any version of that, you know. Feels like yeah. just a... So I actually, I like the idea of bluffing here. I think I like the idea of bluffing. I think I like it too. And so does Jerome. Yeah. He's going to go for it. It makes sense when she checks back the turn, I think. I think you're right about that. He bets 299K of his around 930K. So he's got 630K back. Yeah. Bicknell goes into a massive tank. And I got to tell you, when we were doing the commentary, I was like, is she really going to call him? I know. Could she... Could she ever call? It's like, this is going to be the sickest call in this spot with their stacks and, you know, for a bracelet and all this kind of stuff. It's going to be so incredible if she actually pulls this off. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess it's legitimate to consider calling because Jerome really isn't repping that many strong hands. No. Like, it's hard for him to have these hands. Yeah. Right. Like, but, you know, it would suck if he was turning a jack into a bluff. Yeah, that would really suck. That would suck big time. And, and actually, when he bets here, um, I don't know if he needs to turn a jack into a bluff, but he, but he might need to turn other things into a bluff. Oh, but that's okay. Well, we can call and beat them. That's your we, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we have a 10. We yeah. can beat those. I guess he could turn a jack into a bluff when she checks back the ace, I guess. But we might think we're good with the jack. That's your own. Maybe, you know? but, but he's going to fold a jack if he's turning it into a bluff, right? If we shove. So I think right. Kristen decides that it's... Probably better to shove and, and risk a lot more of the stack when, like, what can this guy even have? Like, well, so 
Well, the other possibility, too, is that he has a hand like 6'7", or something like that. 7'8", uh, maybe. Uh, so he 7'8", is flopping a gut, gutter in overs to the 6 anyway. Uh, on the flop, and she bets so small on the flop that maybe he talks himself in the call, and we see guys do that sometimes. Uh, but 6'7", is a possibility, too. 5'6", is a possibility. He has something like that, and he, but with one diamond. And so, so it wasn't suited pre- and so he's like betting to, as a blocker bet here because he bets 300 into a pot of 900 when he has a pot size bet back, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be a small diamond blocker bet, but that's weird, right? Yep. That's a pretty weird play. It feels like a check and, and check and to call most of the time, right? That's what I would think. Yeah. Be. I wouldn't really expect to see a bet out of that type of hand that much. It feels more like a bluff or maybe the jack or 10 of diamonds. But still, I feel like that's super ambitious. I, I think maybe I don't love this bet from Jerome as much as, yeah. as we initially thought because it feels like you basically can't rep value. Like, it's hard to rep value. And when you're repping value, you're repping a hand that can easily be destroyed by Bicknell. Sure. Like, because, yeah, because we don't think he really can have the king of diamonds in his hand, right? We think he's yeah. kind of, he's shoving the king pre-flop almost always, right. or he's folding it on the flop because where... We don't think he has like king four off that he's calling king six off that he wouldn't have no. played aggressively pre and just check called on the flop. It seems very unlikely. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's weird to bet 300 here, right? It's like he's betting 300 hoping she is convinced by the fact that he's, he's saying, I don't have the nuts, but I have, a, I have a reasonable diamond, right? He's saying, I have the 10 of diamonds, basically. No, not the 10 of diamonds, sorry. I have the jack of diamonds, right? I have the nine of diamonds. That's what he's saying, something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Bicknell maybe even believes him. Yeah, because I think she, she does. shoves. Right, she shoves. She goes she's all like, in. "Well, this ten isn't good enough. I'm all in. What are you going to do about it?" And she's clearly repping the king of diamonds yeah. and maybe the queen of diamonds if she puts it all together and decides that he can't have the king of diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she can do that. I think she's like, it's okay. She doesn't have a ton of king of diamonds in her range, but she has some. Yeah. I think if you had like if you had king jack with the king of diamonds and you were Bicknell. You might have played it exactly this way up to this point. Because, like, on the turn, you're not really afraid of anything. Yeah. Like, you're mostly just folding out all the worst hands. If another diamond comes, cool, you have the nuts now. The jack is often always good, so you're just trying to dodge the board pairing in a non-jack way or uh, a random two-pair hitting, which is so rare that you can easily check back, and that's probably a far more plus EV play than betting the king-jack with the king of diamonds. So she easily has those hands. Maybe she could have king six with the king of diamonds too. Maybe she could have king four with the king of diamonds. Not sure. Uh, she might. She might be betting those more frequently to try to fold out jacks. Yeah, I think she. I, she's probably folding, betting those on the turn. But king king jack with the king of diamonds is the one hand which really fits the story and is the nuts. So that's pretty good. Maybe she could also have queen jack with the queen of diamonds. It's possible that she could go for the shove here because she mm-hmm. thinks that it, her opponent is so capped as far as the diamonds that he can right. have. At the same point. Why it's like he you might fold like she's doing this as a bluff to fold out a hand like the nine of yeah. diamonds. So so maybe it's just the king. Maybe it's maybe just, it's the, just king. the king that she's repping. But maybe that's okay because she can rep it and Jerome can't really have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the question is: Is Jerome able to? She has to ask herself: Is Jerome able to fold a hand as good as the nine of diamonds here? Right. That's like the real, yeah, important question because the nine of diamonds is what the third nuts on this board. Is it? Well, there's an ace and a 10 and a King, jack. Queen. Oh, no, there, no, it's the fourth. It's the fourth nuts. Sorry. Yeah, fourth nuts. Because the jack isn't the jack of diamonds. You're right. Um, so it's the fourth nuts, but it's only a bluff catcher, clearly, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so this so what, if she, by moving in, she gets to fold out the bluffs that are actually better than the hand she has. Yep. Maybe fold out some, some baby or some smaller diamonds that, that are afraid of being moved in and are just blocker betting so that way they can not get bluffed off the hand or not have to make a terrible decision. Um, yeah. And potentially blow a hand like the nine of, nine of diamonds or the, even the jack of diamonds. So that feels like... The jack of diamonds, I could see uh, Jerome Fink saying, like, I never have a better diamond than this. This is as good as it gets for me in diamonds. Maybe I have to call anyway. Um, well, you did hand in everybody before this final table, right? And Jerome did. didn't have, like, a massively impressive hand in or anything. That's so correct. That, that might not really matter. It might just be, like, the spot is big enough that they're going to fold the top of their range when their top of their range isn't the nuts on a board like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. You could be right. You would think Kristen would be one of the people who you could be most likely to call against someone like in that spot, though, too. You know, Now, that doesn't mean that's going to matter for Jerome in that, there. But like Kristen's the one who probably has the most moves in this exact spot where the money's going to matter less to her. She's more going for the win. You know, the ICM stuff doesn't affect her in the same way as it's going to affect everyone else, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. But still, it's hard to actually pull the trigger and make the call if you have the nine of diamonds. Of course, if I, I think the thing that's important that you said, though, is if I had any of these diamonds, I'd probably check. If I had the yeah. jack of diamonds in my hand, I would probably check rather than try and get... What am I trying to get value from? Oh, a slightly worse diamond, I guess, but... Right. I mean, so why don't I just maybe, let her bluff, man? Maybe what it boils down to is that Jerome is actually doing a pretty bad job repping value here, mm. but... And Kristen could call, and that would be a reasonable play, and like the 10 is good enough of the time. But as a just-in-case play, just in case he's turning a jack into a bluff, even though she wouldn't necessarily expect it, why not make sure that we get the win here? And like, if you can find a call with the jack of diamonds, and he actually has the jack of diamonds, which you would expect him to check a lot of the time on yeah. this river, then like, good for him. But a lot of people are going to fold that in this spot, the biggest spot of his poker playing career, probably. You know, yeah. so... I think that's what all came together to, to lead to Kristen making this shove, which I think is pretty above the rim. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I mean, the guy put in so much of his stack here. You know, he put in more than half his stack. And even on the river, he bets a third of his remaining stack on a very polarized board, and she makes a play at it, you know, leaving him with six blinds and hoping he folds. I mean, that is not something you see very often, right? Like, no. usually that's just not a good play because people will not fold when they put in that much of their stack, but she thinks this guy can fold. Now maybe she's played with him already, even in this tournament, you know, cause it's six max and they, you know, in the final two tables, maybe they're at the same table and she knows some things about him maybe, but man, it is, it's, it's really cool. Now, of course she's doing it with the best hand as it turns out. So yeah, she, this is going to be an easy one. This is going to get through, but yep. But man, I mean, maybe, but maybe she thinks I can potentially fold out his entire range here. Like, doesn't matter. And so if that's true, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, well, it does get through, obviously, and didn't need it to. Actually would have preferred a call. <laughs> she doesn't know that, though. Um, and go ahead. I just, one thing we didn't really talk too much about was Jerome's sizing on the river. We talked about it in terms of it looks like value, but he could have shoved also, which then takes away her ability to bluff, changes things a little bit. I, yeah, I think he could have. I mean, that's that's quite risky, especially considering, like, what the hell are you repping? Like, maybe she even finds a call with a 10. Who knows if I mean, he shoves? that would be incredible. Because obviously he's never, he's, like, if he's got the turning a jack into a bluff, it's a lot less likely he's willing to risk his tournament life on that play. 
I think, hmm. in general. So maybe she might have called if he shoved. I don't know. Maybe feels like Jerome at every stage, though, like took the safer action and it cost him tremendously in this hand. Right. Like if he just moves in preflop, fine. If he folds, yeah. I guess I guess I guess the safest action uh, preflop is then folding to her raise, and instead he calls. But po- calling feels like the most passive action. I guess folding is pretty passive too. But on the flop, he check calls rather than check raises. You know, he's going to be able to deny equity there. Actually, have the best hand, just win the pot there. And then on the river, he takes the the half measure bet sizing. Which maybe you're right. Maybe she calls because he goes all in, and it feels like what are you supposed to be trying to get value from when I check back the you know, the turn, yeah. you know, but, but it doesn't look, I mean, she can have the king of diamonds, but usually only in that one configuration of like king of diamonds with a jack. That's like kind of the yeah. only way she has it. So she doesn't have that many monster hands here either. Right. But he doesn't have any monster hands. Right. But he could, but if he moves in, I mean, he could be turning a jack into a bluff and move in, which was the reason why she may have to fold the 10 anyway. Now he's like, he can't, he can't think about any of this. Of course, he doesn't know what she has, but that could be true. From her point of view, I think she may have to fold because of that. Or because maybe he just has some weird random diamond that's like pretty good and he doesn't know what to do with it. And so he shoves, you know. I mean, that's assuming he's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, I know. That's true. Even as I said it, I was like, really? Come on. It's unlikely. Like this right? guy made the $2,500 six max final table. He's probably not bad. He's not bad, but he's like doing weird stuff in this hand like constantly that yeah. we don't really like. True. So that doesn't mean I'm not saying he's bad, but. I mean, I mean I, I'm you, saying you think, I, I'm saying his skill level is is in question. How about that? Sure, but I mean, like we know that Kristen Bicknell is an extremely good player, and we cannot defend her turn play. That so it doesn't like individual plays don't necessarily mean the player is bad. Sure, but we but we have one play by Bicknell. We have multiple plays by Jerome. I'm just yeah. saying, and and Bic, yeah, yeah. and Bicknell has. You're right. Like Bicknell, we can't defend her turn play, but I also assume that there's a really good reason for it that we haven't figured out. You know, um, yeah. Maybe that's not true. Maybe she just maybe the whole situation got to her and she just clicked check, you know, and didn't didn't want to pull the trigger. But I I would assume it's not that, especially because she does pull the trigger on the river, which is takes so much more heart, honestly, than betting the turn. Yep, it does. If they were deeper, well, either way, if they were like twenty blinds deep, I could see I could see her checking the turn to raise the river. But like that couldn't have been the plan when he has a pot size bet left, you know? No, it's very strange. Yeah. A mystery we will never solve. Unless maybe she tells us. She, yeah, we could ask, I, I'd love to ask her about this. We should try. Maybe we will. Either way, this pot was enormously important to Kristen, who went on to win the tournament yeah. for her third bracelet and uh, her second biggest live score, I think. Uh, well, it's not live. Actually, it's online. Oh, yeah. but This it, is online. I forgot. I know. it's World Series of Poker. I was like, it's live. but it, It's her second biggest score, though, of all time. Yeah. She has a 400K score also. So great job. Good for her. I mean, really cool hand.